Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We are ready to get to your phone calls in just a couple of moments, and uh, we're going to tell you if you're the 10th caller right now, and people already know because the phones are ringing on that particular line, 412-922-1020. 10th caller wins a gift certificate to Sorgles in Wexford. So any gardening questions or what you're hoping to accomplish next year in the garden, something you want to brag on this year, maybe a gift you got for Christmas, we would love to hear from you. Get in here and get on the lines because we want to take your calls throughout the hour. It is 866-391-1020. And here he is for another year, getting ready to dive into 2024, Mr. Doug Oster, DougOster.com. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Rob. For this show, we're heading into year 19. No kidding. 19, I think, yes. I've known you longer than I was in school. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. You left in sixth grade, so a lot longer. (laughs) I mean, well, a couple years in the sixth grade. But my goodness, 19 years. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, so it's been fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, what's on tap for your garden this year? You got any plans? I'd love to talk to you today. And who inspired you to garden and, and why? 866-391-1020. And I had a lot of fun yesterday. I got an email from this company called Tomato Fest Heirloom Tomato Seeds. And I've known uh, the owners for a long time. And I uh, did a story about about them in 2019 when I worked for the Trib. But if you love growing tomatoes from seed and would enjoy preserving a rare variety, they have a whole list of seeds that they are discontinuing. Uh, it's just Gary and Dogma run the, 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 the show. Gary is pushing 80. Uh, they've dedicated their lives to making these what we call open-pollinated heirloom tomato seeds available for gardeners. They have like over 600 different varieties that they offer, and it, it's stuff that people send them. They're the only commercial source for the one that, that I give away, the Limbaugh Legacy Potato Top Tomato. Um, but they just have so many cool tomatoes. And basically, they're in California. The price of growing tomatoes and harvesting commercially, it's just it's risen to a point where they've had to make hard choices about what varieties that they'll still be able to offer if you're worried about saving the seed, it's really easy. You know, I've I've posted a, a tutorial on, on my website, and I wanted to um, I wanted to read you the beginning of this article uh, that I wrote in 2019. At the time, Gary was 74, I think. So here's how it starts. Gary Ipson was surprised to hear from me as he picked up the phone in his California home. We had scheduled a morning interview, but neither one of us realized we were in different time zones. 
The co-owner of Tomato Fest was in the middle of his morning ritual with the love of his life. Dagma Lacey, uh, with love of his life, Dagma Lacey, and asked if I could call back in 30 minutes. And he quotes, at 6.40 a.m. I start to make Dagma's tea, he says. At 7 a.m. I slip into the dark bedroom, put her pot of tea on the bedside table, then wake Dagma with a kiss and whisper, good morning, Dagma. Here's your tea to start what I hope will be your best day. Then I close the open window, turn on the heat, or start a fire in the wood-burning stove, fluff up her pillows, give her another kiss, then return to the office. <laughs> I just think that's the sweetest thing. When I when I had called him, you know, way too early, and he told me that story, I knew we were going to be pals. And there's a link to the entire article at DougOster.com. But I wanted to go over a few of these. I, you know, there's got to be a hundred of these tomatoes they're discontinuing, and it would be cool for some gardeners to grow some of these out. I'm actually toying with the idea of ditching everything I've grown before and and going through this list and uh, planting this as my my summer tomato season. So here's a I've got. I cut these tomatoes down, so there's going to be a lot of tomatoes I'm going to talk about here, but they are off the beaten path for sure. And so the first one is called Cindy's West Virginia. Uh, in the catalog, it says, Considered best tomato by many of our customers. Big crop of four-inch tomatoes with big, robust flavors. Wonderful tomato. And so you got to wonder, like, okay, so like many customers say it's the best tomato. Why is it being discontinued? There's just... there's if it doesn't sell, you know, when you got 600 different varieties, uh, you can't keep growing it. Another one, this one's called Esmeralda Golasina. So obviously named for somebody who somewhere down the line grew it. Gorgeous green tomatoes with an intense, sweet, and complex flavor. Disease-resistant and rare. You will love it. Heart of Samabor. From Croatia, large, elongated, red paste tomatoes, fatter than San Marzano, great for a great-tasting sauce, rare. Lenny and Gracie's Kentucky tomato, large crop of beautiful 10 to 16-ounce pale yellow tomatoes with a meaty flesh bursting with mild sweet flavors, exceptional. Less's Sweet Japanese. Many claim this to be the sweetest tomato I've ever tasted. 10 to 14 ounce delicious tomatoes, great for sauce or tomato juice. Here's one that really intrigued me. Pearl Harbor from 1945, Hawaii. 8 to 12 ounce oblate tomato with nice tang of acidity. acidity, Delightful flavors suited to hot, humid regions. (laughs) I don't even know if I can pronounce this one. Quedlinburger Freulebe, Lieb. German tomato, obviously. (laughs) One and a half foot tomato in clusters of four. With great flavors and good acidity. Developed for cool, rainy nights. I mean, just, I got two more here that I, I, I pulled out of there, but Go through that Tomato Fest list, and as I said, it's I've, I've posted the whole thing at, at DougOster.com. Tennessee Britches, preferred family heirloom, one to two pounds, dark pink tomatoes with robust flavors, excellent tomato for sandwiches or salad. And the last one that I pulled there was <clears throat> Yasha Yugoslavian, 
huge one to two pound heart-shaped pink tomatoes that are delicious and juicy, crack-resistant, great slicing tomato, rare. So as gardeners, we could pick up one of these, one or two of these, grow them, save the seeds, and perpetuate the species in the same way that we do this with the, the two that I give away, the Limbaugh Legacy Potato Top, which I've told the story a hundred times on how that came to be, and then the 3945, the one from, it was found on the battlefield of World War II. But just look at all those tomatoes and, and the rich history and how much fun it will be to tell that the stories of these different tomatoes. So just an idea. The other thing about Tomato Fest, one of the things that Gary has done the last several years uh, is create this whole series of dwarf tomatoes where the plant stays small, but it puts on big tomatoes. And he's got a whole series there. It's just, you know, if you're into growing uh, tomatoes from seed, just get online and look at that Tomato Fest uh, catalog. It's amazing. Okay, on to some business here. Uh, still uh, talking about my summer trip uh, to explore all many of the uh, parks out in the West, Grand Canyon, Lake Powell, Zion, Yellowstone, all these cool places that I've never seen Um I really enjoy traveling around the world with people. This is the first one I've ever done in the States. As I said, people have been begging me, do one in the States. We don't want to go overseas. I want to do it in the summer uh, when I'm off. And I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, for me, I, you know, seeing something like Mount Rushmore, I, I mean, I can't wait to see that. And Crazy Horse Memorial, all this stuff, it's going to be awesome. Uh, again, we have so much fun traveling together. We become a little family. We've got singles and families and it's just a scream. So if you're interested, just go to DougOster.com. And real quick, we're talking about planning for next season. I love planting pole beans. Now, you know, I do lots of bush beans, but there's a couple pole beans that I just love more than any. And again, one of them has a, a, a story. It's called Cherokee Trail of Tears pole bean. It is the first heirloom pole bean I ever grew. Um, I did a story in the 80s. Uh, about a guy that, and to, you know, learn about heirlooms. I didn't know anything about heirlooms, but, you know, Cherokee Trail of Tears in the 1800s, Cherokees, the Cherokee were uh, evicted from the East Coast, sent to Oklahoma on this terrible trail of tears. But it's a phenomenal bean with a unique nutty flavor. And the other one is called Monte Gusto. It is this extremely prolific yellow bean that stays tender even when it gets big it can get 10 inches long it is an amazing bean and it's it's one i've grown now for three or four seasons that it's just again talking about next season think about those uh and you'll be happy if you choose one of those two for the garden all right so if you want to talk tomatoes with doug you can do that and uh, we could kind of make that the official new year's eve edition whenever it is the last sunday of the month of december People love talking to him about tomatoes. So if that's on your mind or anything in the way of gardening, past, present, or future, now is the time to get on the phone lines. We want to go wall-to-wall until 8 o'clock. Number is 866-391-1020, and we do have lines available. DougOster.com, the organic gardener on KDKA Radio. It is that time to reflect on the year that was and look ahead. So come on, let's talk gardening. What a way to end the year and get ready to start talking the new year. 866-391-1020. And let's go to Jim and Elizabeth up first for Doug Oster on KDKA. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, how you doing? 
Uh, I got a, a little problem for you. Uh, I, I've been having a little home backyard garden for two days longer in dirt. I go and meet my dancing partner <clears throat> and here about three or four months ago, and he was in the Second World War, and he brought home tomato seeds from Germany, mm. which he got over there. He said they were giant tomatoes, and he dried the seeds out, and he gave me some. He said they grow, grow good for me every year. So I took some, and I tried to plant it. And I'll tell you what, for the life of me, I could not get those things to do anything. I put them in a in an egg tray, start them off with, you know, put a little in there, a little bit of water on it, cellophane over top of it, set it mm-hmm. on, a, on a, in the windowsill. And as soon as they come up, uh, I took it off and they grew a little bit. Then I put them in pea pods and everything that you're supposed to do. But I took them things out there. Uh, I don't know what happened to them. They were growing and growing and growing, and all of a sudden they just they quit flowering. They just quit. And died. <laughs> so when do they stop flowering? When, when it gets hot? Well, it wasn't real hot because I, yeah, I guess it was hot. But I have a, a sprinkler system, a drop system in my garden. I just turn it on. And I have moisture meters all through my garden mm. letting me know when I should turn it on or off. But all the other plants did well, mm. except these plants that I got from Germany for some reason or another. Could, could they have been too old? Or? Uh, you know, well, the fact that... Usually when, when something goes wrong, it's usually no germination. You know, if a, if a seed gets too old and it gets tired. But the mm-hmm. fact that they were growing, uh, I'm wondering, though, if they, if they started to flower and then they just dropped their flowers. Because oftentimes certain older heirlooms, when it gets hot, you get June, they'll what we call abort their blossoms uh, until it gets oh. cooler. But I'm wondering... When you say the plants died, what happened there? Did they start to turn from the bottom and start to turn kind of turn from the top? They just huh. they got they they looked like they were loaded with tomatoes, but their leaves just drooped over and bent, and then they start drying out from from the the tips in toward the trunk. And I, I didn't know I didn't know what was doing. I looked at the, my moisture meter, and the moisture meter said they was okay, didn't need water. I, I used my finger test and find yeah, yeah. That, that seems like it's good, but. I, I don't know what I did wrong, but I, I'm going to try it again. Yeah, I, I don't think you. Year. I don't think you did anything wrong. I think it was just a uh, the stars did not align, and you might have got a <laughs> you might have got a fungal issue in there. You know, I would really like to. Do you have access to the internet? Do you go on online at all? Oh yeah. Could yeah. you could you send me a message because I'd like to talk to you a little bit about these tom- <clears throat> tomatoes because I think it's really interesting. I, I give one away from World War II. And as I talked in the beginning of the of the show, also I've got the this one called Pearl Harbor that I just found. Send me a message through DougOster.com. You just hit the contact button and send me an email. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about, you know, how how they he found the tomatoes and all that sort of thing. And oh, he, this 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 is this is an interesting story. How I found it. He actually he he his life was saved. Because he was crawling up a hedgerow, and they started a machine gun on him and all his whole company. They just jumped over this hedgerow, and lo and behold, they fell into a tomato patch. And they just they just stayed there the whole damn day. And then when they left, he liked to do it, so he got some tomatoes and took the seeds and sent them home. And that was it. I said, "You're kidding me. You're worried about tomatoes and some some <laughs> gun is shooting at you? What's wrong with you?" 
Oh man, that is an awesome story. Yeah, let's connect. I'd I'd really I'd love to get some seeds off you, trade you for something, and uh, well, you don't have to trade me. I got I got a I got a half an envelope still down there. I, I didn't plan them all, but uh, I asked him. That, that, we went to a dance. It was like in July. I said, "Hey Dave, how's your plants doing?" "Oh man, Jimmy's doing great. How's yours?" I said, "They're all dead. They're all dead. What happened?" I said, "I have no idea." Well, give I, it another. Give it another try. Hook up with me. I, I I want to get these seeds. I think this is another seed that I could, you know, distribute yeah. out there for people because I think it's really interesting. And I'd like to hear also uh, after we talk online, but keep keep us posted on how things go this season for you hey, for this another, for this tomato. Got another, que- got another question for yeah. you. I'm I'm big on t- potatoes. I put four rows of potatoes in this year, two rows of Kennebecs and two rows of, like, red potatoes. And I have potatoes coming out of my hat <laughs> right now. I, I, how long are potatoes good for? I mean, there's no, they're not rotted or anything. Yeah, they can, depending on the humidity and of the house, they can store for a long, long time. You know, if you think way back to the first gardens in Pittsburgh at Fort Pitt, that was yeah. one of the big crops. You 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 grow potatoes because you could store it over the winter, especially in something like a, a root cellar or something. But they can go for a long time. If you start to see them sprouting or rotting, it's time to cut them up and 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 cook them up. Uh, well, we've been doing that. <laughs> well, before before I let you go, what's your favorite way to use those potatoes? Uh, my wife likes to make them in mashed potatoes, and we use them in potato salad, too. Oh, man, that sounds so great. <laughs> All right, well, be sure to hook up with me online. I want to talk to you about these tomatoes. That is the coolest thing. Thanks you so much okay. for calling, too. I really appreciate it. All right, listen, we're going to hold John until after the break because we're about 90 seconds away from heading to a break for the news at the bottom of the hour. But this is a perfect time for me to remind everyone who has anything on their mind in the way of gardening, success stories, failures, wondering what went wrong, how he can help me make it be right in 2024. You need to get on the line right now at 866-391-1020. I was talking to Felicia Woody today, first alert forecast at 5 a.m. hour, KDK Television. Doug, there is like no snow. <laughs> I mean, it's this is like, and I know you can talk climate change, you can I, talk I everything. It's just it's, weird. It's, it's just strange. Very strange season. And uh, I actually I follow a guy on YouTube. He's up in Canada and he likes to, to camp in, in the cold weather and, you know, ice fish and stuff. There's no snow up there. Like, you know, they're used to walking in with carrying like a little sled behind them. There's not enough snow to Is there snow get anywhere the, in the country? Uh, probably. And they had a little bit up there uh, overnight when he's making this video. But. The one thing you don't want in the garden is you do not want it to get cold without snow. <laughs> snow is your insulator. And so whatever you've got underneath there, perennials or bulbs or stuff, you know, that layer of snow is wonderful. Now, on the other side of the coin, having the worst driveway in the world that I have, I am so glad not to have to move that snow. You know, when it's just like a little powder, I take the blower out there and I blow the thing off, but it takes a good hour. And then if there's real snow, I got a snow blower, self-propelled. That my son bought for me last year that I've never used. Not once. Not once. 
I just started up to make sure it runs. All right. So 866-391-1020. Get on the line. Grab some of these available lines while you can. Anything on your mind on the way of gardening, we'd love to talk to you. And if you're one of those guys like Doug who likes to read that seed catalog, uh, you women and men out there who love to do that this time of year, maybe you got a thought on something you'd like to try new heading into the next year of gardening just months away as 2024 is less than 20 hours away now. So 866-391-1020. Rob Taylor coming up next with that news at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, all about good luck ideas as far as superstitions and traditions on the Coons Cooking Hour and your favorite pork and sauerkraut and mashed potato recipes. All of that still to come today on KDKA. All right, so let's make it the 10th caller to possibly take home that you got a call, right? You got to play to win. The 10th caller to win that Janoski's gift certificate. So 412-922-1020. Don't forget they're open today, closed tomorrow, and then back at it at that regular winter time at 8 a.m. on Tuesday. But today, New Year's Eve, 8 to 3, Janoski's in Clinton. So let's talk to John in 84 PA for Doug Oster. John, hey. happy new year. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, uh, I recently was going through my burpee catalog, and I noticed a dwarf fig. So the question is, if I decide to get this, you bring it inside to your garage or wherever, maybe even your home in the winter, will it drop its leaves and go dormant, or how does that work? Yeah, uh, well, that's interesting. I'll have to look at that. I'll have to see what that is, because that would be nice to have a dwarf one that you could leave in a container that wouldn't get crazy big, because the ones that I'm— Fignomenial. Fignomenial is what it was called. Okay. Uh, I'll look it up. So— the best thing actually would be to drag that into your garage. It it needs that cold treatment just as a, uh, you know, to go dormant. And, yeah, it'll lose all its leaves and just sit in the garage and maybe water it once a month just so it doesn't completely dry out. And then uh, my friend Steve Biggs, he's uh, the fig whisperer. He, come, he comes on the show a couple times a year. From He's from Toronto. He says, then you have the fig dance, which means when it's nice, you you bring that plant, slide it out of the garage into the sun, and then when it gets cold, you slide it back in until there's no chance of frost. And so that's the way you do it, and I bet you're going to get a ton of figs that way. The The hard thing for me growing a fig is that, leave, you know, I have a big tree, two big trees outside, and you know, laying it down to the ground, covering it with bags of soil, then straw, you know, and then in May, you know, bringing it up. It's 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 become huge. It's too big, you know, and I don't get that many figs off it. I don't have full sun, so it doesn't do what it wants to do. But in a container, that would be great. In my case, what I would do is I would probably, no, you know what, I, I think you're better off just sliding into the garage because when I think about it, I was thinking about putting it maybe in my unheated greenhouse, but then you got to lift it up a bunch of stairs and then slide it in and then sliding it back out. I think just sliding it right in the corner of the garage would be the best thing. And uh, are they shipping that as what size? Do you know? Well, it's a very small, uh, I think it, the literature said, I think three to eight inches, but grows quickly. The, but the maximum it says is 30 inches. That's nice. And you're going to have to prune it to keep it there, you know? I don't know if you will because it just might be bred in such a way where, you know, they don't ever really just stop growing, but they'll slow down at that certain size. What is it about uh, that you is inspiring you to grow figs? You. Me? Listen, you've talked about figs, so I went and got a Chicago <laughs> fig. 
planted outside, do that same thing you told, just mentioned the straw, the bags of mulch, blah, blah. And, and I love to eat fresh things. Can't stand dry one, but love fresh. There's nothing like them. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna try this. I think I'm going to try this miniature and see if something I can bring in and out every year. Have you been successful with the Chicago Hardy? Oh, it's it's grown. I have this is my first year I had in for put in last spring. Did not got very very tiny little figs. I'm sure they'll come big this year. Uh, so I, I can't tell you how how it's going, how it's done. Um, but um, it's got me that that plant has taken off and just grown like a weed, yeah. really. Um, so I, I'm just enthused with it. So and I want to try something else in that line. Well, good. Uh, keep us posted on that. I'd like to hear about that. Uh, as I said, uh, today I'm going to look that up because that sounds like a great thing, you know, for me, you know, because, I, again, I my inspiration is because of a trip to Italy with my wife and being reunited with her cousin after 26 years, you know, when he visited here and seeing his fig orchard, you know, my wife just kind of just said, can we grow those here? And, you know, it's such a pain, but <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a short story on things. I go down to strip Jimmy Sonseri, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you go in there and they would have, he would have figs. You'd have to buy the whole rack because he said, if I don't, he says, they go bad so fast. He says, and people come in and they just want to pick and pick. You can't do that. He said, I can't make any money. <laughs> so you had to sell the whole thing, but you brought them home and boy, you had to like figs a lot. So you got a lot to eat. <laughs> And you just eat them like, like I would, just like off the tree, or do you have a, a recipe or anything that you use them with? Oh, I, I like them with a little bit of cheese. My favorite thing is to wrap them with prosciutto. <laughs> oh, that's good. And that little salty taster, yeah, that'd be good. All right, keep me posted on that fig. I want to hear how things go, and also on your Chicago Hardy, too. And between the two of us, we'll get some figs this year, right? Yeah, you got it, buddy. All right, Enjoy thank you. Your- Thanks. Thanks Happy New Year. All right. 866-391-1020. Lines available. Anything on your mind in the way of gardening, uh, you can give us a call. So figs, what can you do besides just eat them? I mean, can you put them in recipes? Oh, yeah. People make all sorts of stuff out of them. Cookies. The interesting thing on figs is that it's such, I guess, a rarity that people aren't that interested in them unless they have some inspiration. So when I've traveled in the past to different places like Italy and Croatia— I've bought a bunch of figs, you know, when I see them on the street and tried to get people to try them and they refuse. <laughs> They're like, oh, they, you know, one, one guy was like, this was in, was this in Italy? No, Portugal. Yeah, Portugal, I think. No, Italy. And I said, here, you know, I, I bought a whole bunch of these, uh, you know, it was just right at the market and they're cheap. No, I prefer my figs like in a cookie meaning a fig newton. That's not a fig. And then in Croatia, I did the same thing. They had these beautiful, like they were like a light yellow when they were ready. And there was just a, a woman who's picking them from her own yard and just had a little table set up like a, a flea market, a produce produce market. And just had uh, these figs down there. And I, I bought this whole bunch of them and tried to give them to people on the bus. And some people tried them and were like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing. But I think for us here with the figs, it's just like it's something you shouldn't be able to grow. And so there is some satisfaction to it. I guess every year I'm just like, oh, why do I keep doing this? But it is for my wife, I guess. But there's something about 
beating the odds, you know, being able to grow a fig, you know, as long as I've been writing about gardening for 30 some years, I've always run into people that, you know, had this inspiration to grow figs, whether they were Italian or, or they just, they had some connection with figs. And that's just, I guess, part of gardening, you know, we're always trying to grow things that we can't grow. I did get some other questions online this week. Um, and I think I, I got the same question last week. Uh, have bulbs, didn't get them in the ground, can they still be planted? Believe it or not, yes. Yes, we can still plant bulbs until the ground freezes. And so if you've got them, you know, I don't think you could find them at nurseries right now, but maybe nurseries would still have them. But if you've got them, you didn't get them in the ground, you got to plant them now because you're not going to be able to keep them all the way until next fall. And even, you know... I did have something really cool happen last year where I, you know, the garden procrastinator. What's the word, Rob? Procrastinator. Procrastinator. That's me, the garden procrastinator. I know you were here for a reason. (laughs) Uh, You know, I just just did not plant these bulbs, and it got to be like February, and I I just like, okay, I'm going to put these daffodils in, and I didn't know if they'd have enough time, cold, cold time to actually, you know, bloom and they all i've talked about it last year they all bloomed but really late like into june and so at first it was like so exciting like oh my gosh i figured out a way to extend the daffodil season but then it was kind of like this is wrong i what i you know daffodils this late in the season it just seems so strange and uh, so i'm not going to do that again this year i do still have a few more bulbs to plant but i think i'm going to get everything in today uh if you've got some sitting around, this is the time to to get them in the ground. And that bulb auger that I have, it's from this company called Power Planter. This is not an ad. I, this is just what I use. That thing's made in the USA. It's $27, three inches by seven inches, and it makes bulb planting so easy. Again, I got 50 to do today. I'll have them done in 15, 20 minutes. It'll be a breeze. Well, you have that tool that you use, right? The ball bogger. Yeah. The so power planter ball bogger. Can you imagine bogger. if you didn't have that tool? I did it before like that. It was awful. Oh, That's what we man. call a cruel and unusual punishment for gardeners. Or Ben Gay at Walgreens. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll come back. We're going to get to more of your calls. So if you have a gardening question, call us. But now you having some of that uh, pork and sauerkraut? Got to have that tomorrow and uh, mashed potatoes. Oh, lots of mashed potatoes. Going to invite some people over and, you know, you know, you, we were talking off air about you trying to stay up till midnight. I never. We, we I, I used to, but I can't tonight. We always uh, celebrate with other countries, and so we just get a radio station. Australia first, right? Yeah, I think we're we're more like London, Italy, like five six o'clock, done by about eight, <laughs> in bed by nine. <laughs> Good night, everybody. All right, a short break. We'll come back. Stay with us because Doug wants to talk gardening with you, and then Frank Dentisi, New Year's. Day recipes and also some good luck tips and tricks and food to go with it. Got to eat your greens too for some good luck. So that's all coming up next hour on KDKA. Boy, get the noisemakers out early at your house. Yeah, get those noisemakers going at five o'clock. (laughs) All right, time for bed. Let's go to George (laughs) South Park. Speaking of South Park, you kind of sounded like South Park. (laughs) Oh, go to bed. All right, that's a little. Play on the show. I don't, that show is it even on anymore? I, I don't know. I think so. It's funny. Uh, it is funny. Here's George. Hey, George, how you doing? Welcome to KDKA. Pretty good, thank you. A question, a couple questions. Uh, the scape from the garlic is up five inches. I'm using it, and it's really good. But my real question is about arugula. 
I planted some at the end of October, November. It's come up pretty nicely, and it's up maybe two and a half, three inches. And uh, we only had one cold day that went down about 23, and I covered it up with uh, some towels and put some uh, vegetation on top. They're fine. Uh, do um, do they die out or do they freeze out at any point over the winter? It just depends on the winter. Uh, mine are covered with like an old 70s window skylight, like kind of a greenhouse type thing, but because they really grow good that way. It hasn't been cold enough to kill them, but like last year when we went down to that minus 20, I lost my arugula, lost my lettuce, uh, even with uh, it being covered. I would recommend as we, if it does get colder, which you got to assume it eventually it's going to get colder, one easy way to, to make a, like, a little greenhouse out there is just use uh, three mil thick drop cloth from the hardware store and just get something to support it, like ah, just some PVC hoops or some little metal hoops, and just so it doesn't lay on the on the arugula. And if all goes well, that arugula will go all winter. It'll be there in the spring. I wanted to go back, though, and tell me about the garlic again. I, I planted garlic at the end of October, mm-hmm. early November. And, uh, you know, within a month or so, the uh, green sprouts came up, came up. And now they're about five inches high. I periodically cut them off and use them in my salads. But, uh uh, will they continue to sprout like that once you cut them down? Well, that's the thing I was going to say. you got to be careful. You only want to harvest sparingly from those because those greens will will feed the, the bulb below. And I do the same thing. You know, I've got some that have sprouted, and I'll cut one here or there in, in the middle. But the thing about garlic is what it'll do, if it comes up once, and then it gets real cold, and it'll kill the tops. No problem. They'll, they'll, and they, if it warms up, they'll sprout again. We just don't want that to happen three times, uh, because then it, it kind of affects the size of the bulb. But it'll be fine. And I love those little uh, garlic greens, using them the way you use them. And then I also, I plant some garlic in, inside in a uh, in a container on the windowsill. And harvest those most of the winter. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. Hey, thanks for your call and Happy New Year. All right. Closing notes here in the final few minutes to wrap up 2023. Why gardeners should feed the birds. I always suggest that gardeners spend some time this time of the year to, you know, feed the birds because they get on this foraging route. And you know, it's also wonderful to watch them, to watch them come to the feeder and such, you know, keep the squirrels off with a baffle, but they'll form this foraging route. And then in the spring, they will feed on all those caterpillars. You know, I talk about this all the time. Uh, Dr. Doug Talame had something in one of his books where a chickadee family eats, has to eat like 3,000 caterpillars to keep their brood going, something like that. So we... We get that going now, and then those birds will help help us garden. Uh, they they always need a little bit of uh, a staging area protection. Like I have uh, hemlock trees, and then keep them about keep the feeders about ten feet away so that the squirrels can't jump on them. And birds will come to that staging area, and then they will come to the feeder, and it's just a wonderful thing to see. And like I said, 
sitting in the garden in the spring and watching those birds eating cabbage worms, <laughs> you know, that's one less thing that you have to do. And so it's very easy to set up a, a, a foraging route for the birds by just feeding them. And I feed them basically black oil sunflower seeds, but like a premium mix from a, a local nursery with all sorts of other stuff in there. And I just enjoy, you know, I put suet up. There's a bell with, uh, you know, made out of black oil sunflower seeds. There's a heart-shaped feeder right in the front. The the one thing with that heart-shaped feeder right in the in, in the, our front window, I have to treat the seeds with this special hot pepper stuff from a company called Coles. Again, where I buy the seed, they have it. And so, if I got to feed up, fill up those two feeders because the squirrels can get on them, I mix that seed into a bucket and put that hot pepper stuff on there, mix it up. And no matter what, I can't get that hot pepper stuff. You know, every time I fill up the feeder, I have hot pepper on me for about a half a day. So, uh, it, but again, you know, just, just having the birds coming close, it's really cool. Real quick, I want to talk about some plants with winter interest. Uh, this is what we're thinking about this time of the year, you know, they have that four seasons of a beautiful garden. And one of the prettiest plants right now, it's called winterberry type of holly. And if you want to see a really beautiful stand of them against the snow, if we ever get snow, is right in the front of Phipps. They have a long hedgerow of winterberries. They're just absolutely stunning. Very easy to grow. You, when you buy them, you get a, a male and some females. And so you get the pollination. Another plant is called oak leaf hydrangea, much more reliable bloomer than our, what we call our macrophylla or mop head hydrangea. And it, and again, the winter interest is the bark, the cinnamon, shaggy bark, uh, and then shag bark hickory, uh, another beautiful winter tree. Uh, Stuardia, I talk about Stuardia a lot. This is a cool tree that's that's not planted that often in the in the garden in the landscape. It's a beautiful shape. It has this kind of mottled grayish tan bark and then these beautiful white peony-like flowers in uh, June, July. And then ornamental grasses. I leave my ornamental grasses up during the winter because I just love the way they look. I love the way those uh, fronds just kind of dance in the breeze, uh, you know, gardening year-round. It is so awesome. So I'll be answering some questions if you didn't get through or you're too shy to call at DougOster.com. Information on uh, my upcoming tour to the National Parks of America. Next week, my guest is Perla Sofia, Sofia Santiago Curbelo, author of Verdera, Living a Garden Life. It's the first book that this company called Quarto put out that's both Spanish and English. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. Happy New Year. Enjoy your day. Happy New Year, my friend. All right. The news at 8 and then Frank Dentisi in the Coons Cooking Hour on KDKA. Rob Taylor is next. Baseball is back and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.